had this instructor who was probably 65, 70 years old and struggling to use a mouse. And like, and she's teaching relational databases in, uh, in SQL and my SQL. And I'm like, well, let me help this class out. So I was teaching the class. Uh, and I realized that, that I was, I was in, I was in the wrong college or something. This just wasn't chiming with me. So I decided to just quit. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah. Today, I have the founder of Coding with Drew, Drew Carricker. So welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe, and connect with us on social media. So Drew, do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? Hi, I'm Drew from CodingWithDrew.com. I... um I teach people how to code for free. I've got a nonlinear career path into what I do today. I'm a DevOps engineer by trade. And yeah, that's, that's a good kind of intro into. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, lot to unpack. Let's start unpacking it, right? Because you are a nuclear engineer and all that switch to coding. But before we get to that, how was high school like for you? And what'd you want to be in high school? High school was. Tough man. Um, it was tough because I changed schools, and uh, I didn't pay any attention. I was bored. I was bored yeah. out of my mind at school. So I would like I would take naps in class all day, and then I'd ace tests. And they just like there's no like like. And I'm not I'm not like bragging or anything. Like I just it just wasn't challenging. And um, I did cross country, at swim, and track to kind of kill energy because I had too much of it. And yeah. I got you know. Got into a lot of trouble. I was, was a mess. Yeah. And uh, I graduated early. I only needed so many credits to graduate. So I went through um, real estate school and broker school in um, North Carolina. Um, wow. I finished the the broker, uh, the realtor school. And then I was like, well, I'm only, I'm only 17. And they're going to change the laws next year. That You have to have four years of experience to get your broker's license. But I could do it right now and get grandfathered in. So I did it, never sold a house, no experience in real estate. I really just wanted to be a realtor because all these successful people I knew, they sold real estate. This is what like successful people do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I tried to sell real estate for like a year and really unsuccessful. Uh, I didn't sell a single house. <laughs> um, I remember um, having my, one of my first like clients. I drove her all around everywhere. This is back before there was like GPS, right? Yeah. We, we talked on the phone and she was just like, oh, you sound like you really know what you're talking about. Like, you know the area. This is great. I can't wait to meet you. Then she showed up at the office like, to meet me. And she's like, oh, you look like you just, you're straight out of high school. And I'm like, actually, I haven't graduated yet. And um, that kind of changed the the way that we communicated from that point forward. I could tell it was totally different. Like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And um, I bought a car. It'll help me look more professional, just drive yeah. uh, people around. I was just an idiot. <laughs> it didn't help. So uh, I talked to my granddad. He died from COVID last year. 
Um, he made a big impact on me, but he, he, he suggested that I, I join the Navy because he's like, worst case, you just have like a backup plan and you go to college. And so, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. I like, I joined the Navy. He's like, yeah, just, just go non-combatant. Like you don't have to worry about it. And so I went to recruiter's office, like just, just to, I, I was full of myself. Like at this time in my life, like totally full of myself, super confident, didn't read anything. Like I can actually say I never read a whole book. Like, <laughs> um, so I went to this recruiter's office and the recruiter's like, Hey, you got to take this test. So I took this test on this computer for the ASVAB. It's like an ASVAB mock test. And I did pretty good. And he's like, Oh, you're going to be a nuke. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, Oh, you're going to make more money than all your peers. Don't worry. And I'm like, well, I like money, so let's do it. And like, do 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 Um, took me to Meps. I took the test. I scored, I want to say like an 85, like nothing like to brag about, like, but 85 on the ASVAB is the top 15% or something. Uh, so that qualified me to be a nuclear engineer and then in the United States Navy. You know, it's just like, sure, I'll do it. Like, there's some prestige to that. And so uh I was working, I was working at Steak and Shake at night. I was working at Circuit City during, um, like, whenever they would schedule me. And then I was working at um, Century 21, fixing these old dudes' computers, because that's all I had any value for. They're like, hey, you work at Circuit City. Can you fix my computer? I'm like, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just sold computers there. I I didn't know anything about computers, but I, I had a lot of confidence and uh, I didn't mind walking up to strangers and talking to them, being like, hey, like I see that you're looking at computers. Can I help you? <laughs> just no, no, no yeah. like worry that like I'm being weird or anything. Like it was just, just yeah. yeah. Um, fast forward 10 years, I did 10 years in the Navy. I did five back to back deployments. I was stationed in Japan for three years and Virginia for three. And uh, it was a exhausting experience. <laughs> um, I am formally educated as a nuclear engineer, but I don't do anything with it because I can't stand it. Nuclear engineering was uh, exceptionally exhausting. The people I worked for did not have empathy. They did not have a lot of qualities that I wanted to emulate in my life. I found that in what I do now. I work for a lot of really interesting people and they all have empathy. It's just amazing. That That's a lot further than high school though. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, look, stories are stories and I'm not going to interrupt a good story. So you were in the Navy for 10 years. When did you kind of go to college? Because you went to college, but you didn't finish. So can you, you mind diving into that a little? Yeah. So I got out and I had uh, Montgomery GI Bill benefits that weren't usable, so I could use the post 9-11. So I used the post 9-11, and I started with a, a what was it, a technical degree in nuclear engineering. I did two semesters, and I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing college anymore. I don't have the energy for this. I had a, I had a newborn son, and I was just like, this is just not for me. I, don't, I, I wasn't happy. Um, so I started getting into this like downward spiral, and my wife picked up on it and she's like, why don't you, why don't you do something you're actually interested in? Like you seem really interested in computers. Why don't you go into information security or information? Um, IS, oh, sorry. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, so I went and my first semester I was taking 
a class on Microsoft Access. You know how useful that is? It's useless. And this was in 2015. Um, there's no, no, like, there's no real job market for that. Like, why is college teaching this? It's not, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you, you, you do learn databases. And I had taught myself Microsoft Access while I was in the Navy. And I had this instructor who was probably 65, 70 years old and struggling to use a mouse. And <laughs> like, and she's teaching relational databases in, uh, in SQL and uh, MySQL. And I'm like, let me help this class out. So I was teaching the class. Uh, and I realized that, that I was, I was in the wrong college or something. This just wasn't chiming with me. So I decided to just quit. And then we moved to Alaska and I started college there at Alaska Pacific University for a business degree. And I, f- I fell in love with a lot of the concepts of um, marketing. Marketing is really interesting. Uh, I got, I got to take business administration classes, uh, finance, stuff like that. And it was really interesting. I also took like geology, like what, what, how does this help me with, my career, you know, like, why am I taking a lot of these classes for like, <laughs> so I, um, I enjoyed aspects of college. I did not enjoy having to do homework. I don't like doing homework. If you, if you ever want to teach me, no, nobody does. But, but like, I have like this, my wife describes me as somebody who has a special way of procrastinating. So like, I won't start working out like a, on a workout routine unless it's on a Monday. Like it's a special kind <laughs> of procrastination. And like with, with college, the same thing within high school, I would wait until the last minute for everything. And like, I just don't want to do it. And then, then now I'm under pressure so I can get stuff done, knock it out. And uh, yeah, so that was the entire stint of college. So I did, I did a total of like three years in college, but no discernible degree. I think I have 120 credits, nothing that I can use towards anything. I, I don't, I don't really even care. The last interview that I had that asked me about college was, <laughs> I actually don't, I don't think I've ever been asked about my college ever. Okay. So did you work as a nuclear engineer outside the Navy? Uh, yeah. So I was, um, I worked for the uh, shipyard as a quality assurance engineer. So I actually wrote procedures for nuclear retest work, which is they go break apart a um, nuclear system and then uh, they've got to put it back together. So I would write tests cases for all, all the different scenarios. So like, this is how the system works and follow this procedure. I mean, the Navy did one thing really well for me. It taught me how to learn. So the Navy school is something special. That school, just to give you a perspective, you have mandatory study hours. Like you're clocked in and you're in a like secure, confidential workspace, right? Like there's no windows. There's no like you lock your work up when you're done with it. Um, And you don't talk. So you're in there for 35 hours a week outside of eight hours per day of death by PowerPoint. Just oh, somebody at the front, yeah. click, click, and you're taking notes the whole time. Um, so they taught me how to learn because if you didn't, if you couldn't tread water, you were kicked out of the program. So uh, there's a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of pressure, and I do really well under pressure. 
Um, so it was, it was really good. And I, I learned that if I give myself too much work, that I work better than if I have too little, which is oh, okay. the weirdest thing. I don't know. I'm probably an anomaly in that regard. I think. Um, Do you have people, ADD? I, I probably have undiagnosed ADD. I don't know. I, <laughs> you, you know so look, there's an interesting framework. It's called ICNU. For people with ADD, it's tr- if a task does not fall into any one of those categories, they have trouble doing it. So I stands for interesting. C stands for challenging. N stands for novel and U stands for urgent. So tasks that don't fall into any one of those, it's impossible to do. And then the other thing is tasks that fit all of them are really like video games end up fitting up all of them. That's why like addicting things tend to. So just FYI. That sounds exactly, you just described everything about me uh, to the T. So maybe I'm not an anomaly at all. Actually, I've just like tooting my own horn over here um, to the T. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I, I was hearing it and I've been, I was like, man, he sounds like it. Like, like a guy put under pressure. Cause it's one of those things. It's just how the brain works. And it's, it's a, it's an executive function deficit, not necessarily attention. I'm learning all kinds of stuff from you. Like you were telling me about like my sleep, my yeah. sleep schedule is, is odd compared to, uh, it's, what did you call it? It's advanced, advanced sleep, advanced sleep phase disorder. So you sleep yeah. earlier and wake up earlier. That's no exaggeration. Like, I'm not like, I wake up at 3.30, no alarm yeah. clock. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, I tell people, you got to, and all the listeners, find what works for you. It doesn't matter if it's different, it's yours. And that's the schedule that you're going to be best in because we come across so many people who are like, oh, why don't you do it this way? And it's like, look, my brain, it just doesn't work. Like, I got to work with the system. Just like you said, you have to have that Monday routine. And it's like, life is about figuring out those systems that work for us. Yeah, like I've had a um, a space uh, a while back talking about anxiety, and yeah. um, and so one of the things that one of the tools that I've leveraged is uh, a capsule wardrobe. So like like this shirt, if we had another podcast, you'd see me wearing the same shirt, and it's not yeah, yeah. it's not like intentional. I it's all I wear. I have more than one. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but but like I, I I fully believe in decision fatigue. And yeah, it's a big the thing. more decision, yeah, the more decisions you make every day, the harder your day becomes. But if you can like take all those decisions away and you just grind, it's super easy. <laughs> yeah, and you know the other thing I found is it's also very important to m- make things certain ways so they don't become decisions, right? So, for example, like when you're coding, you're probably using a lot of automated commands and all that. But since you've done them so many times, it's no longer a decision. It's more like a reflex. Like you're not clicking right click and copy. You're doing control C, you're doing control A, you're doing, you know, all these shortcuts and it's less of a decision. So I think it's important. And I love that topic where it's like, cause so many people think about it gets exhausting and it's, and it takes less decision energy or whatever it's called to f- do things that you like doing. Like if you like, fashion and stuff it doesn't take energy for you to choose your wardrobe and stuff but if that's not your priority the capsule is like all right here's my podcast set i'll just wear it <laughs> and i'll show up that's, that's what that's that's the way it is like uh i i had this uh i had that space and somebody was talking about like um the way they described it was everybody has a certain number of spoons i don't know why yeah. they they picked spoons but they okay. went with spoons they said everybody has a certain number of spoons that they can they can use every day. And let's say, you know, put, picking out your wardrobe 
takes three spoons away from you and you only have 10, well, maybe you should try to find a way to not use so many spoons on, you know, yeah. and you budget it out. And I'm like, why, why are we using spoons? That's all I can think about. Like, why are we yeah, using yeah, spoons? Yeah. But I love why the analogy. Like a like, bar or something. <laughs> it's stuck. I don't know. Yeah. It's stuck. It, so I, I'll, I'll remember that forever. But um, back to uh, the, the way that the Navy taught me how, how to learn. They taught me to basically consume, then do, and then turn around and teach. Uh, and I've heard somebody else put it in the, that framework, learn, do, teach. And I thought it was brilliant because that's exactly the way they, t- they taught. Like we're, we're consuming all day, death by PowerPoint, like somebody clicking. And then, um, then they, they require us to do our homework. Uh, the first way that they had us do it, um, you have a piece of paper and you fold it in half. And on one side, you write all of the answers to these questions without a reference um, in pen. So there's no undos. You, you can't like, there's no, you're not allowed to mark stuff out or anything. And then on the other side, it has to be 100% correct. And you could do it in pencil. So you could erase and stuff. That was, that was really kind of the, the do. And then the teach part was, we would have 35 hours where we'd have uh, have to study and eventually you run out of materials to study and you're just sitting at the table like, like I can't stay awake. So you go BS with your, your buddies in, in the uh, group study area and um, you're like, you, you have group study where you're teaching somebody else the material. So that's kind of what I've done with Coding with Drew, right? So um, I learned all this stuff over the, the last... Uh, I taught myself everything that I do, and I blogged about it. I, I take excellent notes with everything that I do. And then I would turn around and write an article after I'd done a project. And the article was the premise for codingwithdrew.com. With, uh, so I use it as a loose script for everything that I'd, I'd teach. And so like, I've totally solidified everything that I've taught. Um, and I, you know, it, it feels really good. No, that's that's amazing. So, how many years did you work as a nuclear engineer before, and how did you go about teaching yourself things? So, I guess technically, I was a nuclear engineer for right around ten years total. I got out, and all I could do was get a job at the shipyard. I applied for four hundred jobs my first year. I had a I had a kid on the way. I contacted my brother in law. He was like, "Yo, I already transitioned out of the navy." Or well, he was in the Air Force, and he's like, "Let me, let me just help help you out and try to mentor you." He's like, "Get a spreadsheet, and I want you to go and find a bunch of jobs, put them on that spreadsheet, and I want you to apply for them and give all this information." I'm like, "Okay, all right." So I like, I legit did 400 jobs my first year. I interviewed at Google, Amazon, a bunch of different places, but only like maybe a total of 10 places actually interviewed me beyond like me sending out my resume. And I was doing it the way everybody, like our parents tell us how to do, just go apply for some jobs. It's not that hard. D- dude, it's it's a full-time job applying for jobs. And, and the, the if they're posted publicly, there's tons of competition. And I didn't know any of these tricks or anything because I didn't have to think about applying for jobs or anything. I was in the, in the Navy. I didn't even have to think about health insurance. That, health insurance is a total crazy concept. I don't even understand. Um, 
that's way off topic. But, um, <laughs> no, um, I mean, look, it's it's true when you got when you're applying for a job. These are things you have to consider, right? Because yeah. you could get a well paying job, but if you have a family and it has no health insurance, like or bad health insurance, you're, it's like you may as well take a lower paying job with good health insurance. Uh, I applied like crazy. I did the shotgun approach. Yeah, you know, and that that was abysmal failure. And every time I would not hear back. Or I would get a declination letter. It would just send me in a further spiral. I would just get like, this is terrible. I hated it. Um, so my wife's like, well, what if I could make more money than you? I know you don't want to work at the shipyard. You don't want to do anything with the Navy. Like, uh, what if I can make more money than you? I'm like, I'm a nuclear engineer. Like, what are you going to do? And she's like, well, I'm, uh, they pay nurses really good in Alaska. And I'm like, let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. Uh, so we sold, we sold our house. We sold everything that wouldn't fit in a five by 10 trailer and drove to Alaska. And I had been hobby building WordPress websites, you know, like just nothing that I would brag about. Nothing. <laughs> These are terrible websites. And um, while I was up there, um, I uh, made some friends. This is a podcast that's being recorded, so I can't talk about a lot of the details, but I made some friends and they... Uh, they owned a uh, my my first company that I had as a client. They owned a cannabis cultivation company. It's legal in Alaska, and they were like, "I paid two thousand dollars for this piece of garbage website. Can you do better?" And I was like, "Absolutely can." Yes, with full confidence and zero knowledge, I'm like, "I'm absolutely can do better than this." <laughs> They like what they what they paid two thousand dollars for was like a sixty five dollar in in uh, theme forest yeah. theme that um that didn't even have anything personal on it. It was yeah. literally a template. The theme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! And I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. Yeah. And so I realized I can make money doing this, and so I just like full hand throw the throttle all the way full throttle. I'm gonna go be a web developer um, and digital marketer. And uh, so I started Host Octopus. And I had no knowledge of how to... I didn't even know HTML. I embarrassingly didn't know HTML until about 2018. Like, know it. Like, yeah, yeah. I could I could read it and kind of like fake my way around by Googling some sh- some stuff. I'm, I'm trying not to curse. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. It's old okay. habits die hard. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, so, I really didn't know HTML until uh, until about 2018, but I knew the WordPress ecosystem and how the net the internet worked. Like that was, it was operations all the way. Like I know operations, and uh, yeah, so I just started teaching myself. So I, I got my first job in tech at a startup called Flywheel, and they had this employee enrichment program where they paid two thousand dollars a year. Uh, to well, they didn't pay you. They would reimburse you two thousand dollars a year for for going to conferences and uh, courses that you wanted to take that would help you in your career. So I took full benefit of it, uh, full advantage of it. Um, I signed up for every Udemy course I could. I started learning HTML, CSS, JavaScript, 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 JavaScript. I could not figure out JavaScript to save my life. Uh, JavaScript was such a terrible language to learn first. Then um, I finally like hit like a Zen moment where like, oh, it makes sense now. And um, 
in 2020, I left Flywheel to go be a CDN engineer at Ally Bank. I ran their Akamai CDN. If you don't know what a CDN is, it's a content delivery network. It makes the internet faster. That's the best answer I can give you. Most people have no idea what a CDN is or how the internet really works after they press return. Um, and that's okay. So that's why I like, I'm super passionate about this. Like coding with Drew is just kind of like, I want to teach people all this really cool stuff that you just didn't know existed. Like this is the internet is, uh, is a miracle. We are so blessed to have it and, and grow up around it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, uh, I, I left, um, I left there and I've been doing DevOps ever since. And, um, it's been, I, I love DevOps. What is DevOps? DevOps? Like I hear DevOps. Yeah. What does DevOps mean? So it, it differs from place to place. There's no standard yeah. job description, but DevOps is a, is more of a, a culture of automation and yeah. operations. So let's say you're a developer and I'm DevOps engineer. Your primary focus is to commit code to a repository yeah. all day. That's that's your focus. Mine is to do everything from that git commit, git push to the public internet and it be mm. completely transparent to you. That's what DevOps is. So it's, code, you say code to production or code to live? Yeah. There's a bunch of different factions, if you will, of there's sysops, there's DevOps, there's SRE or site reliability engineering. There's different flavors of it, but they're just prescriptive methodologies for the exact same thing. And I've just been really fortunate in my career to be exposed to so much of it and, you know, just have great mentors um, and just be able to learn at the rapid pace that I have. So I've been doing 100 days of code for a really long time. I just finished my fourth round to 400 days of code, um, and I called it quits. I'm like, I'm not going to do any more. The whole point of it was to um, to establish good, healthy study habits. And I can honestly say at first, they were totally unhealthy. I would be at the computer for eight hours straight, hacking away at something that I couldn't figure out. And it'd be like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing up at three o'clock in the morning? And I'd just be miserable the next day. So I've I've learned to throttle back a little bit on that. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I study daily still. And um, I'm currently reading a, a, a book on DevOps. Uh, it's beginner DevOps, actually. Um, the, the whole reason why I'm reading it is the tech, tech stack in it. Um, I don't know Azure, and it bothers me that I don't. So I'm learning Azure. How'd you go about learning all the things? So, you, you know, you kind of made the move to Alaska. And did you use books, online courses? What was your way of learning? When I first set out on this journey, I said I wanted to be a React developer. And I don't know why I settled on React. This is what everybody on Twitter was talking about, right? Like, <laughs> and this is why like, I had a space yesterday about Web3, because I see the same exact things with Web3 that I was seeing with React back in what, like 2018. Um, everybody's like, uh, React bros. It's it's so weird. So I, I guess uh, I wanted to be a React developer. So the first thing I did was I went and looked at every job I could find in my local area uh, that was hiring for React developers. And then 
I looked at their job criteria, like what their expectations were and ignored college and all that stuff. Like you need to know these things. And I just basically created a list of items that I needed to put underneath my belt. And then I went to Udemy and I purchased courses on all of the above. And then, um, you know, within those courses, my thoughts are if I don't like an instructor or I'm not like, if I'm getting frustrated with the course, it's a bad course. Stop taking it. Take a different course. There's, there's a plethora of courses. Why would you like, it's not college where like you signed up for this course and you're past the withdrawal date. So now you got to yeah. pay, you know, X amount full yeah. tuition for the entire, it's crazy. College is a crazy concept. It is. It is. <laughs> it absolutely is. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I just swapped around from course to course, uh, for the most part, and then would, uh, would take excellent notes and then create projects and now coding with true.com. And, the, yes. um, and I'm teaching, I'm teaching it the way that I wish I was taught and not just like this one little thing, like this is JavaScript in a vacuum, like none of the stuff that JavaScript touches or, you know, why, why JavaScript is important. I wanted to like teach the entire path all the way to what I felt was the appropriate time to learn JavaScript That's as good. your second language, not your first. What's the first language? Bash. Bash. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it's that good like, to know because I actually started yesterday. I like W3. I, actually, you know what? Do you have SQL on your website? Not yet. Uh, okay. I will, but I'll, I'll, it'll be on one of my advanced paid courses. So, Currently, I do not. I do not have any paid courses. I just have the free course. Uh, the free course covers HTML. Uh, sorry, I start with Markdown. Um, Markdown, HTML, CSS, Bootstrap, Git, Bash, WordPress, and JavaScript, uh, and kind of that order. And there's a logical reason, and I explain kind of why you go through through each one of these the whole way through. Oh, no, that's amazing. Because, no, I started learning SQL and they were saying how SQL and then the, you there's like PHP and sometimes you pull from PHP-based sources or something like that. I forgot. Something like that. But there's it doesn't exist in a vacuum. And it's good to know like where it, where it plays a factor and who you're working with and what they have to use and all that. So that that's that's pretty cool. So what was the inspiration for coding? Like, when did you become Coding with Drew? My wife is the, she picked the logo and the name and everything. Um, she's been encouraging me to do this for like three years now. Um, I've been talking about making a course. I've had an idea for one. I just didn't feel like I had, I had the roadmap created in my mind enough to be like, this is what you actually need to know without all the BS and the fluff and yeah. not teaching you edge cases. You can Google edge cases. Those yeah. are not important to teach in a course. So um, my yeah. wife was the inspiration. Okay, that's cool. So now, obviously, like you, you did it to really teach people. Like, who is the ideal person for coding with you? Someone who wants to become what in the future? Somebody who wants to take their first steps towards a development, a web development career, specifically web development, because that's kind of my specialty. I want to teach people who have zero experience. Like if you've already started learning, my course might not be the best one for you because I start with the absolute beginning steps. Maybe you've never started a MacBook before. I teach you that. Like, and, and so you go from, from absolute baby steps to like 
a logical first first win, uh, an early win with Markdown. You create a cheat sheet, and then you know. So I I think that my ideal student is somebody who is trying to figure out whether this is the right career path for them. Um, it kind of started out as me recording this for someone who I was mentoring. Um, and all these videos were actually made like 4.30 in the morning. The intention of, okay, I cannot expect my my the person who I'm mentoring to get up at the hours that I get up. So I'll just record them and send them to him and he can, he can consume them at his leisure. And then I like, after I had a lot of them, I was like, I should really put these together. And, you know, and then coding with Drew was kind of formulated out of that. Now, looking back at your career, what would you say, like, what were the things that you did to get ahead and become successful? That's a good question. So the first thing that I did was I never stopped learning. I know that like at the beginning of this podcast, I talked a lot, uh, talks a lot about how I was super confident and well, overly confident and I never read anything. And I think that having a humble, having a humble approach to, to learning, like where you're, I don't know something is okay. Like saying it out loud. I don't know this. Can somebody help me is super beneficial and being the loudest person in the room. Um, at like a job or yeah. if, in, in class, if, if the, the thing that you're being loud about is I don't understand, that's completely okay. Um, so I would say humbly learning in public is probably the most beneficial thing that you can do. Um, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm rambling. No, um, no, but it's yeah, fine. learning no, in public loudly, like the, like the whole point of me learning uh, with my blog post was that uh, no one was going to take me seriously in this space if I couldn't prove that I knew what I was talking about. And so when I go into interviews, you know, like they're like, so what do you know about Kubernetes? Like, well, let me tell you about it. Like I got this exhaustive guide on drewlearns.com where you can learn all about Kubernetes and you can scroll on that thing for five minutes and still not hit the bottom. And uh, they're like, oh, okay. He probably knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and, and, and there's proof in the pudding too. So like they can, they can go to it and see that I'm not full of, you know, malarkey. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually like genuine and, and I make no money off of any of this stuff. This is yeah. me genuinely passionate about learning development, web development. I find the internet to be such a really cool place. And so learning publicly is kind of my thing. You obviously made a lot of the right decision. What are some mistakes that you would say you made along the way? Oh man, career mistakes that I've and made. And why would you say it was a mistake? More because you kind of joined it without direction? It gave me everything that I needed. It, it really did. Like I, I, I just have, it's kind of tongue in cheek. Like I am very appreciative of my experience in the military. Yeah, It shaped me and made me who I am. However, if I could like go do it all over again, yeah, I would, I would have, I would have been like, Hey, Drew, don't do that. Like this, <laughs> this is going to stink. That makes sense. But, but I'd still be in my hometown. I probably have like a DUI, um, like everybody else that I graduated high school with. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd be a you know hometown loser, and that's not what I wanted to be. I wanted I wanted to see the world, and you know I, I felt like I'm not answering the question. So no, the you are. You are some mistakes. <laughs> so, no, but well, you're kind of going into like why it was a mistake. Because for some people, it's a mistake because of X Y Z. It worked out, but it's it's a mistake because hey, you just didn't know any better. Yeah, my uh, my uh, coworkers 
shipmates, if you will, in the Navy, they they referred to me as having what they called the Gump effect, the Forrest Gump effect. All this great great shit happens to me for no apparent reason, and they couldn't like they couldn't like quantify it. Like we go out and have absolute blast and like something that they could not believe would happen to me. I don't want to get into examples. Um, yeah, we would have absolute uh, crazy experiences, and I, I've been very fortunate. I can't take away from that, but. Oh man, mistakes though. Uh, one of the first ones that I made, and they were big ones while I was in the military, I pissed off every single person that I worked for pretty bad. Um, lessons were learned. Just because you're right doesn't mean that you're, uh, that you should, you should stand your ground. Like I have made those mistakes. Um, so it humbled me a lot. I would say that. You got to pick your battles instead of standing your ground against unbeatable forces. <laughs> like, uh, there's no way I was going to like t- take like so. Just kind of like uh, just to give you kind of a, a short synopsis of what had happened. So, in the in the Navy, there's these water. We make water, right? And uh, we take seawater and turn it into fresh drinking water. Well, you also add chemicals to it to keep people from getting sick. And our system was broken. And I started raising the alarm, like, hey, this isn't working. And they were like, shut up, shut up, stop talking about it. Like, you're not allowed to talk. I'm like, no, this is serious. Like, people can get really sick. And I took it up as many levels as I could until it blew up in my face. And the only person who didn't know about it was my, um, my, my committing officer and the reactor officer. And everybody else was like, why didn't you know about this? And they're like... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I created a huge stink for myself. You know, you, you crap in your bed, you got to sleep in it kind of thing. And it humbled me a lot. It really, um, it broke me, actually, I would say. And then I kind of put myself back together and requalified as a nuclear operator. And let me tell you, that's not fun. Yeah, I can imagine. How would you say the industry has changed over time? Because web development has really changed right now. Obviously, like a lot of website builders. I know WordPress has like Elementor Pro and all that. Now, Webflow is really taking. I know React was popular. I think people still kind of use it. And, you know, obviously it's a fast moving industry, but what would you say has changed within the industry over time? Well, that's a, that's a good question because I don't have a pulse on the current goings on with a lot of front end technologies as much as I once upon a time did. Um, but I would say the, the general trends of marketing marketing websites haven't changed a whole lot. They're still moving towards no code as, as a whole. WordPress is losing its ground. Uh, companies like Webflow are, are definitely taking a lot of its, its thunder. Um, I believe at one point, WordPress made up 35% of the visible web. And Webflow has taken a lot of that. You also have tools like Netlify, which uh, have simplified just basic HTML, JavaScript websites. I would say the biggest changes, aside from Webflow, um, is a lot more uh, static site generations. um, Has been like serverless static uh, site generators have been coming on the scene. And I think think that's a big change. But my focus for the last couple of years has been DevOps. And I can't really speak to... Lot of what has changed other than everything. Everything changes constantly um, in this space. There's new there's new tools like I'm Argo CD is one of the best 
continuous delivery tools on the market, in my opinion, um, but it requires Kubernetes. So Kubernetes, we're going to talk about Kubernetes. Uh, Kubernetes is a, is a big force in, um, in web development in enterprise level. So to answer your question, there's, there's the marketing side and then there's enterprise side. Applications that you'd use on a regular basis, their changes have been towards the cloud more than anything. And then you have the marketing, which is moving more static, more no-code, low-code solutions uh, more than ever before. No, that, I mean, that's good to know. So you obviously have a long career and it's still going on. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Huh. I don't know. I think the verdict's still out. I think I've got a lot more accomplishments to make, to be honest. Um, and I don't want to toot my horn too much. Coding with Drew is is one of one of the ones I'm the most proud of today, I think. Um, I still think that I've got, I, I've still got a couple more in me. Yeah. Now, what would you say was the hardest period of time in your life? Oh, the Navy, for sure. The Navy. My first year being married, um, I was deployed. Uh, I got, I got married and then within a month I was gone for 13 months. Oh, wow. That's um, tough. yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was <laughs> pretty rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to see like France and Dubai and Bahrain and Dubai and Bahrain and Dubai and Bahrain. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept going back and forth. No, that's uh, cool. So yeah, I've, I've seen quite a bit of the world though. Uh, no, that's that's amazing. So, was there ever a time the lack of college degree held you back? Not once. I would say uh, we were talking about this before we started. Uh, I have not had a single interview that has asked me about college. Like, I I can't recall a single one, um, especially not in the last uh, since I got out of the military that cared about my college or military experience. Most of them didn't even know I was in the military, or it was kind of like passive conversation there's no in-depth question so yeah i would definitely say having no degree has if anything helped me out there's this really great book i wanted to mention have you heard of chris gillablue's uh the art of nonconformity no i have not you need to read it it okay. is such a good book i'm butchering his last name but it's called the art of nonconformity okay it's about a dude who basically has this really impressive academic career and then he goes and does this other free volunteer work and he compares, he has this, it's the art of nonconformity uh, education path. And it's like, it's super brilliant. And it changed the way I looked at education. Um, I read that book while I was in the Navy. So the first book I read was the Bible. And then um, because I was tired of people telling me what I should believe and whatnot. And so I read the Bible. <laughs> like. <laughs> Probably not the best first read, but um, and then I've read I've read so many books since then. I, I actually uh, have read two books this week, and I'll be rounding off my third in DevOps. Wow! <laughs> so, Man, so yeah, definitely. Respect. The uh, the art of nonconformity is uh, an amazing book, and if there was one book that I gave, I would give away um, to anybody. It would be that one. Now, have you ever felt insecure about not having a degree? When I first got out of the military and I applied for a lot of jobs, yeah, I think that it's totally natural to like blame yourself and find all your flaws and like focus hyper focus on like I'm a failure at getting a new job because I don't have X, Y, or Z. And if you have no work experience, I could say that having no college degree would probably be an, a valid argument. But if you have some work experience, like anything, working at a gas station. 
Uber driving, doesn't matter. That's not an argument anymore. If you can speak to work experience and talk about like, this is the bottom line and why what I do affects, you know, people's ability to make money, then you've got your education right there. Ah, I love it. What advice would you give to 18-year-old Drew? Mm. Well, aside from don't join the Navy. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I'll make it easier. Like, you meet 18-year-old Drew today, right? Because now today is different than when you were 18-year-old. But today, 18-year-old Drew, what would you tell him? <sighs> Even if I it's a system, like, hey, this is the system that works for you. Master the system, whether it's like, hey, make that Monday system or whatever. I tell myself to invest in like Bitcoin as soon hey, as it look, came out. That's what yeah. I would do. Like, and then sell it <laughs> before it crashed. Um, like before the Silk Road got caught, I guess yeah. that's, that's when it like apexed. I think yeah, yeah. the Silk Road's no longer around. No more Bitcoin. No. Um, oh man, this is such a good question. I just, I want to have like a good answer and I don't feel like I have one. Um, 18 year old Drew would have, have benefited a lot from, from, uh, spending, making better friends and drinking less. I would actually say that like, like, I think I, I spent a lot of my formative youth, uh, drinking and making the wrong friends when I should have been focused on making impactful relationships and, Instead. No, I mean, look, it's important. Like, I, it's one of those things. Now, how would people support you and get in contact with you? Oh, so people can support me by uh, taking uh, my course on codingwithdrew.com. Uh, they can contact me on Twitter, codingwithdrewk. Apparently, Coding with Drew was already what? taken. How do yeah, you, oh, man, I not, hate yeah. when that happens. It's like, <laughs> dude, like, I'm Coding with Drew. What do you do? And it's probably not an active account either. It's not. I don't think, uh, but it's okay. I'm I'm good with it. Coding with Drew K. It's fine. I have a Discord server where I'm trying to grow my community. Uh, we just started an ambassador program. I'm trying to trying to grow my reach and teach as many people as I can. It's free. No, that's awesome. I I really appreciate you taking your time out, kind of sharing your story. This is amazing for all the listeners. Check out Coding with Drew. I love free resources. He's going to come out with paid courses. I would tell you take the free resources, take the paid ones too. You know, support. I love supporting great initiatives. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J O N A E D, last name I Q B A L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.